Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Security and Security, hosted by Johnny Seifer. This is the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same mantra as me, then before we get to today's guest, please subscribe to Security and Secure whilst you're listening. And at the end of the episode, leave a five-star rating and a review. Now, in this episode, you'll hear about themes including mental health and addiction. If you need support for your mental health, visit thesamaritans.org.uk or call them on 116123. And for addictions, talk to frank.com. That will cover you for drugs and alcohol, themes that you might hear in this episode episode. Now let me tell you about my guest today. My guest today has been an estate agent, a bingo caller, a cruise ship entertainer. Plus, since the age of seven, he's been on the comedy circuit, first for his family and then all the way up until having his own TV shows. And the funnier and funnier he got, the more TV he was on. We'll know him from the Celebrity Big Brother house and also his own TV show on the pool. However, it's all about context. And when it comes to jokes, there is a context. And sometimes the context is not included. And so when a joke is made, there could be uproar. And there can be backlash. And the backlash hit my guest today a decade ago. And his shows were cancelled and his brand deals were cancelled and everything was stripped away from him. And he's had to work hard to get to where he is now. So he's given up his alter ego laughs and he's now gone on a new tour. And it's called Out of Character and he's got a new purpose. So on his tour, he's staying out of character and he's got a purpose on Facebook where he's got his mate, M-A-T-E, for Men's Mental Health Group. He's got his podcast, Menace to Sobriety, and a new film on the way. And I'm delighted, number one, he's changed his life around. Number two, that we can hear about his journey and learn from it. And number three, that he's found this new purpose. And so I'm delighted to welcome to Skinnisker, it's Daniel O'Reilly. Hello, Daniel. Hello, thank you very much for having me. My absolute pleasure, my friend. Thank you for trusting me with your story, because it's one of those that obviously back in 2014 became very clickbait, but for now... That was then, this is now. You've learned from those experiences. You're a new person, and yet I presume your brand, the Daniel O'Reilly brand, has still got a bit of a tarnishment to it. Is that fair to say? That is right, yeah. It's uh, it's very difficult doing like these sort of interviews, doing, um, as you can tell, I'm a little bit nervous. It's kind of, it can get difficult doing it because some people, a lot of people have got a preconceived sort of idea of what I am because of the brand that I'd created originally through my comedy. Yeah, it's been quite a journey been quite a journey so these interviews for me always go one or two ways you know they can either go quite quite um 
quite dark and into sort of negative things, or they can they can shine a light on all the positive stuff that's going on now. So, yeah. Well, I think you need a bit of both. You know, you're a big advocate for men's mental health. I think you have to have the dark side to understand the experience. And then you can obviously finish, and we will finish on the lighter side. But let's go back to the brand Dapper Laughs that you created. So you grew up in the comedy world. You're obviously on the circuit doing well. Talk to me about how the creation of Dapper Laughs came about. So Dapper Laughs, essentially, the best way to describe it, Dapper Laughs essentially was like over-exaggerated alter ego so like sort of an exaggeration of lad culture what what happened was i was i was working away doing stand-up comedy on the cruise ships for for many many years i started off sort of holiday parks and all of that jazz well open mic nights and then holiday parks and all of that sort of stuff my mum moved away when i was about 15 so i moved out on my own when i was quite young working as an estate agent but i always wanted to do performing arts acting so singing dancing performing done a lot of auditions done a lot of musical theater and then I had to get a proper job to sort of survive. So I worked in a state agency in sales at a go-kart track, all of that sort of stuff, up to about 18 years old. I just didn't want to accept that was kind of my life. I always wanted to perform, and I wasn't getting any acting roles. So I wanted to, to, to do, like, stage work and stuff like that. And I saw auditions to work out in Cyprus and perform in hotels. That took me to the cruise ships where I got, I got noticed in Cyprus, and I ended up on the cruise ships doing stand-up comedy for years, for about four years, travelled the whole world, done a couple of world cruises back to back and then all the different places around the world. It was all family-friendly stuff. So I learnt my trade, essentially, trying to make families laugh. So, you know, stuff that you could say to, to your grandma and granddads and then, you know, your 30, 40-year-olds and then also in front of the kids. So it was really sort of cheeky, innuendo stuff or, you know, very family-friendly, silly, slapstick, observational humour. But when I came back to the UK and started doing the comedy clubs when I was a little bit older, 24, 25, I was just dying. It wasn't hard enough. I'd also opened my own business with the money that I'd made on the cruise ships. I became a director of a company. I consider myself a bit of an entrepreneur as well, taking a lot of risk business-wise and building my own businesses. I thought, right, well, I need to create an alter ego. I wanted to, at the time, like uh, Sasha Barracone was very big with Ali G and his characters, Borat and stuff like that. You know, I really wanted to push the boundaries, but I didn't want to risk my work that I was doing in case the comedy didn't work out. So that's how Dapper Last was born. You know, it was meant to be really take the mick out of lad culture. But I think because it was all done on the phone, it was sort of through the rise of vine it was the first sort of social media comedy it was very hard for people to see the difference between because it was shot on the phone you know it's not like you weren't watching it on tv so well when you look at that character of dapper laughs now obviously we're in a very different world now would yeah. you have created Dapper Laughs today if you had the chance to start again? No, nah, it's horrific. I, uh, looking back at some of the content, it's, I find it cringy. I find it hard to watch. But not only is it, is it a different time now, but I'm also 10, 15 years older. What I found funny back then and, and the content that I was doing back then was, was a reflection maybe of my life in regards to, you know, I was out drinking, I was, I was chasing girls, I was, I was living with four lads in a house. I was a young, free lad, do you know what I mean, boy. So a lot of what came out through Dapper Last was like a really exaggerated version of what was around me. Just like now, if you look at my comedy now, I still push the boundaries with some of the things I talk about now, but a lot of my comedy, I'd say 80, 90% of my comedy is based on being a father, being 
being married, you know, owning businesses and, you know, walking my dogs and stuff like that. So twofold, really. One, 100%, you, you, I wouldn't do it anyway because you wouldn't get away with it. And two, it's just stuff I don't find funny anymore. And you're right, the time period has changed. You've obviously grown up, but the Daniel O'Reilly who exists now, you're always going to be known as Dapper Laughs. And on Google, you'll always be Dapper Laughs. And so, you know, you get onto yeah. Slave's Big Brother a couple of years ago. That's great. You get your own TV show. Can that ever happen again? And yet, what does that mean for you to not be on TV when you've built this up to that level and had that taste of TV stardom? Do you know what? It hurts, to be brutally honest with you. It's it's difficult now for me mentally because even this week, I still experience friction everywhere. Like, I don't know if TV's like a real option for me, but to be honest with you, my social media grows about a quarter of a million a month. It's, it's growing really fast across all my social platforms. My TikTok's about to hit a million now. I only just started that with, I don't know, a couple of years. Instagram's growing. I get a couple of hundred thousand views a day, for, you know, on my stories and stuff like that. So my social media reach is bigger than what I was getting when I was on TV anyway. But there does come a pride with TV. It's sort of a, it's a stamp of approval. There's more money with it, you know, better opportunities. And it's like you're accepted. So to not have that option does hurt because that's what I spent years and years working towards. And I'll always be tarnished with that brush, but it frustrates me because I did a lot of stuff wrong. I said a lot of stuff wrong when I was growing up. I, I pushed the line a lot. But it's kind of like if you look at it like this, if you make a mistake in a job and you get fired, that's fine. But should you never be allowed to work again? Should you never be allowed to work in that industry again? Or should you have to go out? learn more, get another job, start again. And it's a tough one. There is some people in the industry that will never work with me. There's some film producers out there, uh, distributing companies that have said outright, we will never distribute a film of yours that you create. There's some people out there that will say, I will, you will never be allowed to perform in our location, in, in our venues. And there's even comedians out there, I experienced it this week, that will use what happened to me to further their career now. You know, they've put out public notices. I've seen that Daniel O'Reilly's on the bill. I publicly will not be performing with this person. They could have just said they had COVID or they was ill. But, you know, there's people out there that they're, they're fighting their own, they're on their own mission. And it hurts, man. It's like, it doesn't matter what people say, how many years it's gone on for, and you should have thick skin. I'm terribly insecure. It hurts, man. But it's also motivation. I've had to learn so much about mindset and not giving up. And, you know, because it's been insane continuing uh, under these conditions. But I've learned a lot about mindset. You know, I get down, I get upset. I had that realisation that things, some things will never change. And then that turns into motivation. And I've been able to achieve some unbelievable things in the last 10 years. Stuff that I probably wouldn't have been able to achieve if I if I hadn't made such big mistakes and messed things up. If you're looking for attention and there's trending topics and someone's doing something wrong and they're getting reprimanded, it's very easy to jump on. You know, it's like mob culture, isn't it? It's very easy to jump on, you know, raise your profile by speaking about what's wrong. And look, I hold my hands up. You know, I said some stupid stuff. I will say that a lot of the stuff that I said was heavily blown out of context uh, through virtual signaling. And, you know, I was made a scapegoat hard. I rightly so I was reprimanded and, you know, grow up, man. You know, that's how you learn with comedy. You've got to push the line when you go over it. And I, I, I didn't realise how much influence I had over people and how big I was at the time. But it's one of them ones where you're like, all right, cool, thank you. I get it. I'm learning as I go. Right, can I carry on? No. Go away. Don't ever, ever, ever tell another joke again. Don't talk. Don't use your social media. What are you doing still alive? That's almost what it was like. You know, people, a lot of the press and, and a lot of people are like, he's still here. Dapper Lars is still here. Well, what did you expect? What did you want me to do after I made a mistake? Cut my arms off or have someone follow me around with a bell? 
ringing the bell, hear ye, here comes shamed comedian, or is that what you're pushing for, you know, which we've seen happen in the media, we've seen happen to celebrities, mm. people coming off Love Island presenters, is that what, is that what the end goal is, punish me enough that I do actually kill myself, do you know what I mean, it's deep man, it is a dark road to go down and, and many, many people are going down it. The only positive thing that I can take from this is that I did consider taking my own life because around the same sort of time my father passed away as well and my, my wife became pregnant, we didn't think we could have kids she wasn't my wife at the time but a lot all happened in a short amount of time and I was heavily into soothing myself with alcohol and drugs and the only positive thing out of all of this is it got so bad and I survived I survived it is that now you know I've got millions of lads that follow me is I do talk about it openly and I do you know I've, I do my podcast I've got a, a, a mates group that's got nearly 40,000 lads in it which is a digital safe place where the lads can post things that they're going through, you know, if they're suicidal or they they can't control their drug use or, or um, you know, their relationship's broken down or they can't see their kids or they've got betting addictions, whatever, and they can post it anonymously and lads can and, and lads can talk. And that's all grown from me just making videos. Look, guys, I was suicidal once and da 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 and talking about it and talking about my addiction and all that stuff. So that's the positive thing from it. But, yeah, I got to the point where... I, yeah, I wanted to take my own life. I ended up ringing the Samaritans, which I'm, I'm blessed. And, you know, it's true what they say, the cliche, talking about it sorts it out. As soon as I got off the phone, I, I just, I was like, what? I was on drugs, though, do you know what I mean? So, and I think that's with men, when you're dependent on negative things to soothe yourself, like alcohol and drugs, you know, if you're just at the week, like me, I was a casual weekend drinker. I wasn't Monday to Friday drinking. This is really what I talk about with men because it's a massive, massive culture that at the weekend where it's been a good, if it's a good week, they want to get smashed. If it's been a bad week, they want to get smashed. If, you know, they just want to switch off. They just, you know, they want to get away. It's stressful when they get home with their kids. It's stressful at work. They're not making enough money. No one's giving them any praise. Things are going wrong or they're making mistakes. So they get on the drink and that's what they use to cope, which is all well and good until massive life crises happen to you. If your father passes away, your mum passes away, or like me, you, you lose your job and you lose everything. You lose all your money. You lose your house and I had all of that happen so my coping mechanisms turned into pure self-destruction but I've learned so much about it and regardless of whatever happens with the comedy I feel like I'll always have this to, to share and talk about so there is one positive you mentioned the Samaritans samaritans.org.uk call them on 116123 yeah. I've called them many times hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As well, and it just gives us space to just talk through your thoughts. You know, someone is there, they're not giving any opinion, they're just asking you how would that yeah. make you feel. And sometimes you just need that outside voice just to you, you bring collect them yourself that. as well. I've called them many times. I call them or I've got them wow. on speed dial and I'm not joking. I generally anytime I'm going through something, first thing I do is call them. So I had uh, a couple of times I was like, Oh, I don't know how to tell a friend this. Oh, I don't know whether to end a friendship. Oh, this has happened at work. I'll call for Samaritans because, and I always apologize to them, but they always say, look, we're here for it. You don't have to call them just because you're feeling suicidal. It's sometimes you just need yeah, a voice. I, I never looked at it from that perspective. That's amazing. I'm going to, I'm going to share that as well. That's a got that. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. Well, the thing is, is that and I've had this conversation with them is that sometimes, you know, you're not going to go to a therapist. Things aren't that bad, but sometimes there's just an issue that you're like, oh, I don't... I'll, 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 I'll tell the example. I, I, you know, my friends all know because I had these conversations. I was worried about money. I've got three best friends getting married this year. Um, I had three stag dues to go on. I was overwhelmed of... If I go on these three stag dues, I can't afford to go on my own holidays. My mental health at a time last Christmas wasn't that great. I was overwhelmed by everything. I just needed a break. I felt bad letting my friends down. I felt bad that I was treating myself. And I was like, I don't know how to tell my friends I'm not coming on their stag dues. I'm spending all this money. And yet they've also got abroad weddings as well. And yet, so I'm paying for abroad weddings and stag dues abroad. And then I've got my own holidays. I can't be off every week. And I'm a freelancer. And so... It got to that point, I was like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to call the Samaritans. I was on a walk. I was like, okay, I'll speak to them. I spoke to them for an hour. And I was like, oh my God, I've actually seen the end. And I spoke to my friends. They were absolutely fine. Absolutely understood it. Yeah. But those 100 thoughts we have, 99 of those thoughts never come true. It's that one thought that's fine. And yet we base ourselves on those 99 thoughts that are never going to happen. Listen, yeah, I applaud you for, for sharing that kind of stuff as well. And I've learned this through my sobriety. I'm, I'm six months sober now, and I've learned this through my sobriety. I've learned how to be kind of selfish and how important that uh, my mental health and well-being is and how to create sort of boundaries and borders around who sort of affects how I feel, how, uh, that affects my emotions. And also, I've realised how egotistical we all are and how we, we worry so much. I mean, especially being on social media. Social media has destroyed our self-esteem completely, especially if you use it for work like I do. You're constantly worried about, uh, you know, how you're going to be received, what people are thinking and all that. And the truth of the matter is no one cares. Your friends, they honestly, they don't care. They, they, they want you to be there. They'd love you for you to be there. But if they're real friends and anyone really cares about it, if you say, look, I'm panicking about money, I've got my own things that are starting to upset me, uh, if I, if that was you, it was me, I'd be like, mate, don't worry about it, my guy. You know, I love you. And then this is very similar to when I got cancelled, you know. I couldn't accept it was over for me because I'd worked so hard and as soon as I'd achieved you know, what I'd dreamed of and it was starting to happen, it was snatched away from me. The truth of it is I messed it up, right? So I was beating myself up and it took me so, so long. Uh, I reckon it took me eight years to forgive myself. 
to get to the point where I'm like, I deserve another crack at it. And then it took 10 years for me to get sober. And in the short space of six months of me being sober, I've achieved more in these six months than I have in the 10 years before, purely because I didn't believe I deserved it. You know, I believed everything they said. I believed that I didn't deserve a second chance. I believed that I am misogynistic. I am horrible. And it took me a long time to realise that you made a mistake. Some people aren't going to get over that mistake. And some people only look at you how you used to be, right? Because they can't accept the person you've become because they find it difficult to change themselves. If someone keeps holding you account for the stuff that you've done wrong in the past, it's because they find it difficult to accept that you've changed. And I had to be at peace with myself and be like, you, you know, you are a different person. You have grown up. You know, you've got two daughters now. You've learned the hard way. You know, you respect people. You say stupid things sometimes. You've made mistakes. I'm not a bad person. And that's all that sort of come into doing this mental health stuff, you know. I'm like, I have to not use everything that I'm doing just for myself. You know, I have to share what I've gone through because hating yourself as a man, I think, is a very common thing, you know, not thinking you deserve things and hating yourself. And, and I'm start, just starting to love myself again and feel like I deserve better. The hardest thing about sobriety is the clarity. I'm a nice person that's done a lot of things wrong. Even in my personal life, with you know, the way that I've treated my family by picking to, to rather be at the pub and be drunk and then being coming home and being hung over and not wanting to do anything with my kids. I really had to make the choice, right? And I think there's such an important message and an important mission that I'm on in regards to lads out there because there's so many lads out there that are stuck drinking and using drugs to cope, right? And then by the time they realise that it's a problem, it's too late. They've lost their family. They've had enough. The women have had enough. The women have put up with it enough. They're struggling to see their kids. Or, or worse still, another man's bringing up their kids. They fall deeper into it. And that's where I think a massive amount of the suicide in, in young men come, come from. And the main thing to stop it is, like what happened to me when I got cancelled, and like what's happened to me with the alcohol and the drugs and everything, the main thing is you have to stop and you have to hold yourself accountable. I'm being bad. I'm not doing the right thing. What have I got to change for myself, for my own sanity? You know, because that guilt, that, that, that always getting it wrong, it's a killer. Through sobriety, the first part of sobriety, once you get over the actual like, habit of not going to the pub and changing your social life, is learning to love yourself again and forgive yourself for, for everything you've done wrong. The, the, the clarity that you get when you become sober is painful. And now I'm at a stage where I'm like, all right, you know, my wife comes and says to me, I'm proud of you, and I cry my eyes out, you know what I mean? Or she comes and she says, I'm just something simple, like today's a nice day, or I'm having such a good time. I'm like, oh, I'm so lucky that I've I, I, I held myself accountable. So that's my message. That's all I'm trying to say to everyone out there. Look, look it's, it's okay if you're a Wally, but it's not okay if you continue being one, you know what I mean? I completely agree with you, my friend. Beautifully said. And obviously, you've joined GB News as one of the headliners, which is their late-night comedy show. I've got many friends mm. on air and off air who work at GB News, but... Obviously, with people like Joe Lysett coming through on his Channel 4 show yeah. and just the way that GB News is sometimes perceived, how have you found that year change of, like you said, you're making all those wrongdoings right, but there is still quite a negative yeah, perception about GB News? I'm in two minds about it, to be completely honest with you, because I am trying to repair my brand. I don't like anyone thinking horrible things of me, you know. I get triggered. It's like I've got PTSD from everything that happened, and any time I get, like... It can be the, 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 slightest, the slightest horrible comment on Twitter, and I get, get them every day on my social media. It can send me the wrong way. I have to go and work out, or I have to meditate, or I have to do something to really stop that negative 
thought pattern in my mind. And GB News brought that to me. So for my mental health, I have stepped back a little bit and said I want to focus on my tour, focus on practicing material material because it was Friday nights and the gigs are Friday nights. So I don't know what I'm going to do with that, but I have to applaud GB News and and the guys the guys there for taking a punt on me. Do you know what I mean? When no one else no one else would work on me, you know. Purely from a com- comedic perspective, that show Headliners is a comedy show where we they use comedians to dissect the headlines and try and find a funny spin on it. They gave me an opportunity where no one else would. I've got to thank them for that. It's a difficult one seeing it trending all the time for not positive things and then thinking to yourself, is this going to do me any favours? You know, it's, it's business at the end of the day. What's next for you? Because obviously you're going on tour, etc. But you're back on TV. Obviously, it's not a mainstream TV show. Is your goal to get back onto mainstream TV, or is it now you've got this purpose of your podcast, of the Facebook group? I feel like speaking to you for the past half an hour. I feel like you're in such a better mindset and mm. space when you're not involved in the media and obviously the media we all have this code for when we're a child you know yeah. i work as a showbiz journalist because there's a part of me that obviously wants that showbiz lifestyle i want the blue tick i want yeah. the validation i want yeah. all the freebies and then you look at your actual life and i'm like <laughs> i'm much happier being a life coach helping people yeah. and yet you know you've been through you know ups and downs within the industry and yet where you are now you just seem in such a better place my friend that i just yeah, worry about I mean, you being on mainstream tv again yeah i mean i mean look at my voice at the beginning of this podcast i could feel myself bubbling up and croaking uh, just talking to you but now now that we've spoken and, and we're into it, i'm like i'm open i want to i want to share everything with your audience and with you and that's very much like what tv is for me like tv terrifies me but also like if I was in the right position, I think I could flourish, right? But it is ego. That's all it is, is ego. Because financially, I've got uh, various businesses that, that, that will always sustain me now. Um, you know, I've been really lucky that through, through all my uh, trauma and turmoil and not being able to work for, for, you know, not being able to work at all doing what I love, it forced me to create business. You know, I have to keep, I've got ADHD. I have to keep my mind ticking. I have to keep going. So I've got uh, revenue streams that come in. I don't need to, to do anything. The only thing that I want to do is perform stand-up comedy. I love it, right? So having the tour back for me is life-changing. You know, looking at 28 dates, you know, it's surreal that I went sober and then that happened. And, and I feel like it's, it's almost like fate. I don't know if I believe in God or anything like that, but I feel like the universe, it's like I've done something good for me and my family and I've done something good for my life and something good happened. So I'm sticking on my path. It's motivated me for, to always be sober. Anything beyond that, I don't know. You know what I mean? My, my social media is popping. I'm blessed for that. But I'm creating films. I'll tell you what I do want. I want the distributors to... I'm, I'm, I'm writing a mental health film at the moment. That's a beautiful film. I filmed a film uh, that just got released. It was uh, an independent... Uh, the, the, the UK's crime independent film of the year on Amazon. It flew up Amazon. It's number one in the charts. My fans all bought it. And uh, I'm just about to start shooting another film, and I've got about eight films on the slate, uh, various stages of production where we've written them, financed them, or we're going into pre-production and all that. The only thing I want is that you know to take my past out of it, merit me on my acting skills and and the scripts, and and let the world see my work. If TV comes along for my ego, fantastic. It it might be going. You are uncancelled. You are back. You're still funny. The world wants to see what you want to do. But if not. I've spent the last 10 years building enough to make sure that, that me and the family are all right and I'm happy. So, But, yeah, I'm the same as you. I want the freebies. I want to be on. I want to be able to say I'm back. But it's not essential to my mental health.
Your tour out of character is traveling all around the UK now. Go and check out his dates on his website. Mate M-A-T on Facebook is his men's mental health group. I've had a little look at it. It's amazing. I've joined it. There's so many interesting conversations starting to be had there. And his podcast as well is all across his social media channels. So go and check them out. Also on TikTok and on Instagram. He is really a good guy. And I'm really delighted that he trusted me to tell his story and to just... Talk about the past, but also how he's moved on in the future. Because that's the thing. You can't base people on the first time you met them. You can't base it on just one bit of knowledge. Because we all change every day. We're only human. We make mistakes all the time. I'm one of those people that is a perfectionist. And I hate to think that I've got weaknesses in myself. And I will really beat myself and go, oh, I'm such a bad person because I had this fault. I'm such a bad person that I said this thing. And it's sometimes like emotion takes over you. You can't control every single emotion as much as we want to be in control so look if you're affected by anything you've heard in today's episode samaritans.org.uk call them on 116-123 or talk to frank.com if you're worried about drug or alcohol addiction but this has been a really important episode of security and and i'd really like it if you enjoyed the episode to subscribe to security so on spotify on itunes click that add button click the follow button and leave a five star rating and a review and let's keep spreading the word it's okay to not be okay with knee deep in 200 episodes of celebrities opening up about their mental health journey let's not stop it now let's keep that conversation going i'm at johnny seifer on tiktok on instagram and on twitter so message me if there's someone you want to hear from a celebrity that you want to open up about their mental health and see them with never like You've not heard Daniel speak like this before. You've not heard what it's like to not be Dapper Loves and to be Daniel O'Reilly. And I want to encourage more celebrities to do the same. So if there's someone that you want me to get involved with, send me a message and I'll get them on the podcast. You've been listening to Skinning Scare with me, Johnny Seifert. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.